Welcome everyone to another episode of Maybe Next Year, a podcast that has cramps and um, is just kind of hot and feeling a little gross today. My name is Frank. Scott. I'm Paul. And uh, I don't know. We're going to talk about this 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 uh, Miami game. Bills lose 21-19. Uh, I, it turns out I, in fact, did jinx them at the end of last <laughs> podcast, which I was worried that I had. Um, I think that this will be uh, this is good because I've heard I've heard like comparisons to the the Patriots game last year and the wind. There's parts of me that felt like it was a little like the Jaguars game. Um, There are comparisons to when the Bills beat the Patriots in 2011 Mm -hmm. uh, to go three and oh. So there's a lot of things to think about. Um, And I think that rarely do I think you can get everyone on the same page with injuries affected this game. I think there's always somebody out there who's like, yeah, but, you know, next man up, et cetera. Well, I mean, even the Dolphins almost ran out of next men up. Um, but the, the Bills really did. Uh, is it, We're going to find out later about Tommy Doyle and some of the stuff that goes on with this team. Um, but the, let's get to the let's get to the box score first. Bills lose 21-19. They they uh, if I remember right, I believe it was actually 97,000 yards was of offense. Um <laughs> No, 400 yards passing and two touchdowns for Josh Allen. Belying, I think, his game. It wasn't that good. 42 of 63. It was a good game. There were definitely some errant throws in there. Um, You know, another 47 yards rushing. um, You know, a thousand different receivers caught footballs. But only 21 points um, for the Bills, including 19 for the Bills, Bills, excuse me, including a including a. uh, a very Super Bowl 25-esque uh, safety that we all wish was a touchdown. Um, the Dolphins, I struggle with this game. I told you guys earlier, the Dolphins kind of did nothing. Uh, they had one drive. They had two drives. They were gifted the ball at the four-yard line. That accounts for all of their scoring. Everything else was a punt. Um, the Bills, I felt like they were always moving the ball and then not getting points out of it. Um a truly remarkable game, uh, even without all the injuries. Um, but to sort of, you know, I, I've seen lots of Bills fans particularly, and I'm going to get off of this now, um, paint this game as a success for the Bills in many ways, uh, quote unquote, moral victory, given the levels of depletion um, with regards to the roster that happened before and during the game and to still sort of be in a position to win it twice at the end. Uh, I'm not much for moral victories. I know Scott isn't, so I'm going to go to Scott first. But I think that um, we, uh, I think if you were going to give somebody a moral victory, it might be, if you're not going to give it to him for this game, then you don't get one. Because I think this is damn near the limit uh, of what you can expect uh, with regards to nonsense happening. Scott, I'd like your your thoughts on the game. Yes. I'd say fuck that. <laughs> Good. Uh, like. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I take that and, and I appreciate and understand those um, those uh, commenters and Internet people who have that opinion. But no, fuck them. They're stupid. Like the the Bills could have won this game, arguably should have won this game, even with the injuries. And they 
fucked up their opportunities to do so with a series of, of like preventable and, you know, very clear, you know, kind of mistakes. And yes, I agree that the injuries were a huge part of this. And if the injuries um, were, were, were different or less impactful, it's entirely possible that the Bills' mistakes would not have cost them the game. But you cannot argue that there were both mistakes and injuries that cost the Bills the game. And I guess I would say, um, I'd also point out that Frank, in his point that Miami did nothing the whole game, as Frank often does, conveniently forgets that there are, in fact, um, three years on a football team. Sorry, you're right, you're right. People who play offense, and that Miami's defense did completely dismantle the Bills' offensive line, which has played really well even before they were injured. Even in the first half, Spencer Brown looked like a turnstile against Melvin Ingram on multiple occasions. Uh, to be fair, I just want to say I was looking at Tua Tagovailoa's name as I was talking about the Dolphins, and that's what frustrated me into saying that you are absolutely right, that the one thing that they did very well was the pass rush. So I, I concede I was wrong. No, that's that's fine. And, and we're all human, and, and you do more human than me. Um, yes, but, precisely. Uh, but yeah, so the, the 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 so that that is a problem that that the offensive line did not come ready to play. You can yeah, if you want to put a little bit on Morse being out, and he's the the center, he's responsible for the protections. Putting Van Roden in, who's only been in the he's only been in the system this year, so he's not going to be nearly as effective. That's fine. I think you could put a lot. I think we can also put a lot on Dorsey, and Dorsey's a first year offensive coordinator. He's 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 um it, it, this is his first time being an offensive. Correct. Do you want yeah. to tell that to him to his face, Scott? That he yeah, I'm wondering. If you've... Good luck with that. Yeah, I'm I'm perfectly comfortable telling that to Ken Dorsey, who uh, again was not coming out of college. You know, six five, two fifty. He was you know six six foot two hundred. He's not all that bigger than me, and he's probably about the same age. Um, he's like two years older than me, so I'm I'm comfortable. I know he gets angry, but getting angry doesn't solve the problem. Just fix the problem, Ken. The problem is you don't know how to run a two minute drill, and we. Mm. Think, um. And it's okay. That's a thing that you can learn how to do. You're a first year, first time rookie offensive coordinator, but that's what's going to happen when you have those guys. Those guys are going to have things on their game that they are not fully polished on, like the way Dable was. And Dable had been offensive coordinator in, in Alabama. He had been uh, you know, around Patriot staffs that had won Super Bowls. Dorsey, less experience, obviously had been with Dable for the last couple of years, but it's not his job to call those plays inside two minutes and walk through the, the scheming with Allen. So Allen knows what to call in those two minutes. Um, and that, that showed up twice, obviously, in this game. So you combine those mistakes with the line problems in the first half. Um, yeah, I, I think as much as you can say, like, yeah, the injuries were a problem, the Dolphins didn't win this game 47 to 42, right? The defense still managed to keep Tua in the bot, like, control. You know, they again, like the Miami offense did not do great things the whole game. Some of that was the, the Bills offense staying on the field and, and credit to them for that. But the Bills defense did a pretty good job, even as shorthanded as they were against uh, what otherwise Miami had been mm. for people the last two weeks. Um, but um, and then on Allen, like, yeah, like this is now a, a bad Josh Allen game where he throws for, you know, 300, 400 yards, you know, has one or two touchdowns but also has, um, you know, a fumble that in this case was a strip sack, but it's still on him to feel the pocket, get sacked four times, and throw three balls that, by all rights, could have and should have been intercepted. Right. Um, and, I, I and, then biffs the th- and then biffs the throw to McKenzie in the end zone at the, at the end of the game. Like, done it. 
you combine that, and then so Allen gets some of the, the the thing here, and then Tyler Bass, who, you know what? Again, like we don't talk about him most of the time because he's automatic, and that's again in the kind of after offensive lineman. If you don't hear the kicker's names called, that's usually a good thing. Um, but you know, he's got to make a 38 yard field goal or whatever it was. It was 38, and and that was, uh, you know, I don't say it cost us the game, but that that certainly that certainly killed them when we needed. Them. Lost by two, um, you know, and then if if you're if you're down uh, four, um, yeah, changes what you're down going in into that last drive with McKenzie, for sure. So you know, so I'll I'll, I'll stop there. I've already rambled and ranted. I've nothing for Paul to say, but I think I'll just something up by saying the injuries were a problem, but you can't put this all on injuries. There were plenty of mistakes and poor play that the Bills could can point to and fix on their own, regardless of just hoping that we. I, I want to respond to that and then turn it over to Paul, um, because I think you can put a lot of that in injuries, because I think you might finish drives differently if you didn't have injuries. So you wouldn't have had as many plays, if that makes sense. Like, I, I feel like the Bills mostly did a really good job of staying on the field, despite, you know, you know, offensive injuries as well. Um, I, I'm wondering if that's if, if that's kind of the deal or if if the Dolphins would have been turning the ball over faster if the de- you know the the you're right in that the bills defense did a good job on the dolphins i get that especially given how depleted they were but you look at the dolphins and they basically managed their average you know of 20 points because that's what they were before that one fourth quarter in the ravens game you know they had put up like 20 points the week before and it had put up just short of 20 points against the ravens before they kind of exploded against what most people consider like an absolute collapse by the ravens defense so you know good for the dolphins and the bills like the bills holding them to a manageable amount of points 21 points is a perfectly reasonable score to hold them to um and they did do a good job but you know if those injuries aren't happening all over the place uh during the game maybe they don't even get there you know, maybe maybe there is a turnover, you know, maybe Matt Milano's not so gassed and he actually holds on to the football. I think it's a hard line to I think that's what the the problem is. It's not that you're not right, Scott. You are right. It's just that you can't know how a little bit of extra energy because you're not exhausted from covering for more and more people that are missing would have played into that game. Right. Does Matt Milano have the wherewithal to, like, pull the ball in? Uh, on that on that clear pick six if if it's two degrees cooler if if you know there's you know one more if if Christian Benford doesn't break his hand in the game like he's not sitting there worrying about that I think there's a butterfly effect that is that is noteworthy you know I think that one thing that most people come out of the game and you can you can address this after Paul's comments is like Ultimately, you look at the Dolphins game and the Bills and the Bills play, and I think that most people are coming out of this like, yeah, when healthy, the Bills are probably definitely the better team. And in fact, you know, if the Bills uh, did this again with that team, they could probably still beat the Dolphins. So, um, you know, I'm nobody's sort of worried about the Dolphins directly, um, even after losing to them. And uh, I think that's something that we'll we'll comment on going forward. But we need Paul's comments, and I need to go check on my screaming children. So, Paul, go ahead, give us your comments, and I'll I'll do my best to act like I listened. All right, sounds good. Yeah, and that's a shame because I'm about to directly address some stuff Frank actually said. So he's actually going to have to listen to this uh, broadcast I'll to hear speak. it. 
Um, yeah, so, uh, so, so, God, since you're still here, I'll direct uh, some things I agree with with you and some things I disagreed with with you and then some of my own opinions. I didn't think Josh was as bad as you uh, may have let on. Yes, he did. What The fumbled snap, I think he and Van Roten have had issues getting on the same page when they played together. That was not the first time. So when he failed to spike it there at the end of the first half, uh, that wasn't really on him. He did short arm that ball to McKenzie. Uh, he admitted that. Uh, he also did have several interceptable passes, as you'd known. I will also note that he threw conservatively two games worth of passes if you think a quarterback should throw 31 and a half passes a game. You know, he threw 63 balls, uh, and that's going to be part of it. I'm not going to blame him uh, for the the strip sack. Uh, I think that was just Deion Dawkins getting smoked, which he did several times. You, I agree with on, on Spencer Brown also getting smoked. They did not look good, the offensive line. I do want to give credit to the Dolphins' defense. I thought they did uh, an exceptional job, frankly. We talked about the pressure they were able to put on Allen all day. The Bills had something like, what was it, 18 third down attempts? And then, yeah, 18 third down attempts and three fourth down attempts, so 21 times. The Bills were uh, on, excuse me, on 18 different drives. The Bills were trying to stay on the field. They managed to do it on 13 of them, uh, 13 various point, uh, 13 at various points in these drives, excuse me. So, you know, but Miami limited those yards. When you're leading receiver in yards and tied for the lead in targets and touchdowns is Devin Singletary. That says to me that the Dolphins did an exceptional job of cutting off the rest of the field. So I do want to give credit to the Dolphins there. There were avoidable mistakes. You're absolutely right, Scott. Uh, I, I agree with that. The Milano drop pick six, we you both talked about. The Bass missed field goal at a critical moment. That was a mistake. We didn't mention McKenzie not able to get out of bounds on the last one. And that opportunity was there. He turned up field when he didn't really need to turn up field. Would he have gotten out of bounds? Possibly. I think the odds are over 50% if he just sprinted to the sideline. But he, he didn't. Uh, there was a Gabe Davis drop. I don't want to be too hard on Gabe because he was supposed to play a limited role today or a limited role on Sunday with the injuries that the Bills had to the wide receiver group. Instead, he took 96% of the snaps because Diggs was was out with cramps a lot of the game. McKenzie left for 11 plays with cramps. Crowder left for 11 plays with cramps. Knox was out with cramps. Uh, Kumro had the high ankle sprain. It was, you know, so I think that really did affect the Bills game plan with injuries. Uh, on the Bills... You know, another one other thing to mention, this was just kind of an interesting fact. There were numerous positions, uh, the defensive backs and the offensive line, where the Bills were literally out of backups. And had there been one more injury or someone even removed for a play, they would have had to play someone out of position or probably play an offensive player on defense or vice versa. That's that's how bad things got. So I don't want to discount injuries at all. Uh, defensively, yeah, I agree that things were fine. The one key is, man, that third and 22 that was that to me was the the play of the game. You know, it's one of those where I had jinxed the Bills the previous week by saying, you know, I don't anticipate the coverage breakdowns that the Ravens had against the Dolphins th that the Bills were having those. Now, when I made those comments, we thought Hyde would probably be out for the game, but Poyer would be in. Uh, and of course, neither of them ended up playing and Hyde's done for for the season. And then what happens? Jaquan Johnson just gets his hit spun a little bit the wrong way. Uh, DeMar Hamlin bites just a little bit too much on the crossing pattern and gets there a, set, a hair late. And, you know, with Hyden Poyer back there, I don't think that third and 22 is converted. And that was uh, 
you know, that really was not, if not the knife to the heart, the knife to an aorta near the heart that, you know, caused some, some bleeding for the Bills. So the, the one thing that bothers me is looking at the ESPN power rankings this week and seeing the Dolphins at number one. If the Dolphins are the best team in the NFL, uh, by God, have, have, have a kidney. Have both my kidneys. That's, that's how confident I am that the Dolphins are not the number one team in the NFL. So in the grand scheme of things, it was everything went wrong for the Bills this week. Maybe, they also maybe, made their own mistakes. Maybe yeah. next black market organ donor, right? I, yes. Yes. So that, that about covers my opinions of the game, my current set of ramblings related to this game. Do you, so do you take anything from this game with regards to the, I mean, my, my, yeah, I, I don't tell it a moral victory, certainly, but I also am not going to push the panic button. The one thing that my one takeaway, I guess, would be not finishing a single close game in 2021, yeah. the one in 2022. That's something that needs to be rectified quickly because people don't say, oh, it's just a narrative and they did fine in 2020. Don't care. You got to win close games. You're not going to go to the playoffs and blow out the Chiefs and blow out the Bengals and blow out you know, whoever else is in the, in the playoffs, you're going to have to win close games. And even the last close game they won against the Colts in the playoffs two years ago, they barely won that. They needed to defend a Hail Mary a game where they're up by, I think 14 in the fourth quarter. So um, yeah, finish close games. That's the one thing and make, and if these, hopefully these injuries are not all long-term injuries. Those are the only two actual concerns I have coming out of this game. Okay. Uh, I kind of agree. I've upgraded. I'm, I'll, I'll go to Scott last because you're going to go right into three stars, but I'll give you a chance to say whatever. I just was going to say I've upgraded my two of forecast to he could be Ryan Tannehill good instead of he, he just, was he was fine. He did what he right. Asked like, to, yeah, I think that's what like a good Ryan. That's what a good two a game might be is like you expect him to make some plays and not make mistakes. And, um, you know, you could get like a good Alex Smith game out of him. Yeah. Um but I didn't see anything that felt like super threatening from the Dolphins other than, you know, it, it, it does feel a bit like that that New England game where it's like that's not really a, a good test of what the what the two teams are. But anyway, I, I let's move on. Let's let Scott get his last word in and then Scott give us three stars. Yeah. So, I mean, in terms of, yeah, like the lesson, the lessons that one has to draw from this this game. Yeah. I mean, I agree on some level that that there is a bit of uniqueness about this game with, with the heat. Um, I would say there's a uniqueness with the injuries, but only to a certain extent because the injuries are injuries. Like they're not things that just magically go away. And we say that they're not, as we're going to get to later, it's not like next week, the team gets to be healthy. That's not how it works. Like this team is really banged up right now. We desperately need to buy week. We are not going to get one for another four or five weeks. We're going to have to pay a bunch of really good teams between now and then. And I, I realized that, like, I don't want to be, like, doom and gloom about it, but, like, the, the, the biggest thing that we were worried about, at least I was worried about before the season, is injuries. That we had arguably, you know, it was, to me, fairly clear that we had the, the, probably the best team in the league, and that's why I picked them to win the Super Bowl, but that the one thing that would change things would be injuries, and we are seeing that now. The injuries make it so that if you make mistakes and don't play well like we did on Sunday, you end up with a loss even even uh, to a team that's mediocre like the Dolphins. And I, I don't think that the Dolphins are a great team, but they're certainly a, a mediocre slash average team at minimum. And we're going to play actual good teams at some point in the near future with the Chiefs and the Ravens potentially um, and the Packers coming. So those are all good teams where you don't, if you're injured and play well, you can still lose. Never mind being injured and playing mediocre 
against a good team that that can that's playing well, um, you know, we're going to get everyone's best game at this point. No one's going to take it take take it easy. So I think I am concerned about the injuries long term. And and frankly, I, I don't want to say I'm like really concerned about Dorsey, but that that was a little concerning that the, the offense looked previously and had been almost I don't want to say quite as good as like peak Tom Brady, but in the kind of two minute drill, we knew that we would get points. And to not get it twice when we needed it going into the halves, um, that was disconcerting because that's one of the, the, the when they've looked at it statistically, like the the things that can define and change season season um, is your ability to kind of create points in small in those two minute drills. And a great quarterback can do that. Um, but if you don't help him, if you don't call good plays or give him good plays to run or help him understand how to run the two-minute drill um, with the players that he has, then you're losing that opportunity. And that's a, that's something that takes you from being a great team back down to just being a good team that can lose um, on any given Sunday. Mm-hmm. So, uh, okay, moving on to three stars. So I had um, a couple honorable mentions to get to. The Devin Singletary receiving game. Who could have seen it coming? Nine catches, 78 yards, and a touchdown. The only thing I will say is why it's not a higher star is A, the Bills lost. Um, B, he only had nine carries for 13 yards. And, um, you know, Zach Moss also had a nice run too. But, like, if James Cook was in the offense more, I feel like he would have caught all of, caught most of those balls and done more with them. Like, I think if James Cook gets that Zach Moss run, it's it's a 100-yard run. It's a touchdown. It's not Zach Moss getting caught in the eye. 30, 40, 40. Um, so that's a little bit. Um, honorable mention also goes to Tua for um, manning, managing to convince people that he didn't have a concussion. <laughs> God, I can't believe that was so. Yeah. Pivotal turning point in the game was him literally falling down after being hit on no of with no no accord. And literally, if this was twenty years ago. You could have seen someone being like, maybe he has a concussion and shouldn't play anymore. Back in the old, like, ah, oh, he just got his belt on days. Like, you could still people being like, well, maybe he shouldn't go out there for the second half. But nope, he was back out there, past the concussion protocol. And so I'm looking forward to the NFL on this. Huh? That'll be good. Because, yeah, if he's not out there in the second half, it didn't look like Bridgewater was there. No, I mean, that was the other thing that put me onto Tua a bit more was like, you know what? Like, I would not want to, like, say I'm rooting for him to be injured, but it's a clear step down that he, you know, to, to Bridgewater. So I realized if I'm saying that I must have to it in some regard. Yeah. Um, and then I'll also throw one to Isaiah McKenzie, seven catches for 76 yards and a touchdown. Um, again, like could have gotten out of bounds. Yep. Just not, you're not, uh, you're not Tyreek Hill. Isaiah. You're a really good wide receiver. He got, he got pushed. Him. He didn't, that was a busted play anyway. Okay. Um, all right. Moving on to your, your uh, I'm still going to give the third star to Josh Allen. Because if you okay. throw for two touchdowns, you get the third star. But it's a very begrudging third star. I was almost debating. No one really played that well in this game. So that's one of the reasons that he makes it onto the list. Um, but obviously, like we talked about, there were some clear problems with the game um, that, that, again, and, and Paul, just to clarify, like, when I said this is a bad Josh Allen game, like this is as bad as he gets. Like he still puts yeah. up like, crazy numbers and moves the ball, but it doesn't it doesn't 
it's not you don't end up with 40 points you end up with 21 points because the red zone he doesn't can't find the guys to make it work in the red zone and that's the like there's no there you don't it that's as worse as it gets which is not that bad ultimately. i get the logic goes to uh baker i believe is the miami middle linebacker's name um, 13 tackles, half a sack, one pass deflection, um, just kind of all over it, all over the field. I felt like in the backfield on a lot of plays, um, you know, kind of keep taking away those middle of the field plays because it was tough to, to kind of, um, it, the, the Miami defense for what it was, you know, kind of playing a cover two, um, you know, put a lot on him to kind of take away the middle of the field. I think he did a pretty good job of that. Um, so moving on. Uh, I will simply end with first star Melvin Ingram, who had two sacks um, with another tackle on top of it. Um, again, just kind of leading a good Miami's Miami defensive line effort. Um, that was again, like we talked about, kind of making a fool out of Dawkins or Bates or Brown or certainly Questenberry uh, and Roten. Just uh, you know, again, like some of the Bills' backups were in there, but even in the first half when the guys were fresh. Um, the Dolphins were getting through, getting pressure, getting the strip sack, um, all that kind of stuff. And so it was clear that, uh, you know, they came to play and they knew that they had to have a good front four rush. Like you do to beat any good quarterback, you have to be able to get pressure at the front four. And he was able to did it. Ingram had a really good game. Just got to kind of tip your hat and move on. Um, hopefully that's that's the last uh, last loss we'll be talking about. Yes, and let's hope, uh, I don't think any of us anticipated Melvin Ingram getting the uh, first star and playing fewer steps than Jamarcus Ingram, who I had not heard of uh, until he stepped foot on the field. Jamarcus Ingram. May we never hear your name again. Uh, <laughs> okay. This is a future. It will be at this day. Yep. The, the, I the, don't remember that guy. Paul, you've made that guy up. That guy's yeah, like right? Izel Reese. He's not real. Okay. Well, I'm going to do my best micro machines imitation here to get through this injury report. I'm actually going to start at the bottom. Uh, and say that uh, Micah Hyatt is on the IR, as is Tommy Doyle on the IR now. Tommy Doyle finished the game with a torn ACL, knowing he had a torn yeah. ACL. Uh, so kudos to him uh, for gutting one out for the just to get the guys through the game. Micah Hyatt's second opinion, neck injury, uh, you know, awful to leave him. He also only has one year left on his deal. They rearranged some of the money. I don't really know what that means for his future, but he seems very, I'm going to be back. The Bills haven't obviously disagreed with him. It's like week three. Uh, he's still a very good safety, but there could be some discussions about yeah. his event, whether or not they're going to have him back next year um, or what that might cost or what it might look like. Right, and, remember, the guy said him keep coming, he's coming back next year as well, well it's him and his agent. But sometimes right. guys don't come back from that. It's like, oh, Jamie yeah. Mueller has a neck injury. We'll see him next season. Nope. No. <laughs> that was it for his career. Eric Wood had a little bit of a stinger. Oh, nope. His career's done. Yeah. They're like, if you play another game, you could die. So yep. uh, thankfully, I don't think anybody said that to Micah Hyde. Yes. Um, but we will find out. We certainly wish them both all, all the you know speedy recoveries and to get well. Now, okay. <clears throat> Ryan Bates has a concussion or is in concussion protocol, as we like to say. He did not practice today. Christian Benefit broke his hand. It was fractured. There's been surgery on it. He has not been moved to the IR. He did not practice. He could be a few weeks. 
um, which is pretty good for I have a broken hand and had surgery on it. Uh, Gabe Davis has an ankle. I believe it's the same ankle injury as before he was limited in practice. Deion Docton has a non-COVID-related illness. He did not practice. Dane Jackson, with his neck injury, by a miracle of God, practiced today and was limited. Um, I have no idea whether that means he can play in Baltimore or not, but it's remarkable that he was allowed to and felt like participating in practice, so good for him. Dawson Knox has a back and hip injury, uh, tightness or injury, whatever. He's limited. Jake Krumerow has a high ankle sprain, I believe it was. He did not practice. That's usually a few weeks. Cam Lewis, a forearm and knee injury. He was limited. He's cornerback, if you forgot. Von Miller, veteran rest day, did not practice. Good for him. Mitch Morse, who practiced at the end of last week but didn't play. Same elbow. He had finished the week before, didn't play last week. He was limited again. Hopefully, this is a good sign that he will, in fact, um, play. Justin Murray, who is our new offensive lineman we signed like two days ago, um, uh, he he has a foot injury and was limited. So remarkable. They must have known that he had a foot injury when they signed him and said, well, we just are, need that much help. Um, oh, or what happened when he stood up after signing the contract? Yeah, he said, oh, what happened? Right? Foot. He stepped on a Lego immediately <laughs> afterwards, foot injury. Ed Oliver, uh, which we now know is a high ankle sprain, and he didn't really notice it until after he got home from the the Rams game. Um, he is feeling a lot better, but he was limited in practice today, so hopefully he's coming. Jordan Phillips' hamstring, uh, coach described that as week to week and probably not this week. He said basically that. Jordan Poyer, foot injury, he was limited. Roger Saffold, veteran rest day, did not practice. So that is the extended uh, IR, sorry, not IR, uh, injury report. Yes, I guess that's a type of IR, but not not the one we want, IR. Um, uh, Xavier Rhodes, Xavier Rhodes, is now a Buffalo Bill, former All-Pro. I remember him, I be, he he was with the Bengals most, who was he? Mo- most recent, no. I, man. He was with he was the, someone he was after with the, the He was with the Vikings, um, and he knows Diggs. Um, so he's on the practice squad right now, um, which is normal. That's normal. That's a normal way to get a player onto the, onto the team. Uh, yeah, Be- Beasley was on the Tampa Bay practice squad last week and he ended up playing. Right. So it'll be one, it'll be interesting. Rhodes of course knows, um, defensive coordinator, Leslie Frazier from his time in Minnesota. So there's a hope that maybe he knows a bit more. He is obviously a quality starting cornerback. Usually he had a bad injury last year. So there's plenty of question marks. I think that regardless, putting all that aside, um, not worried about whether you get like the roads of years past, which would be great, but he has two legs and can move at the moment. Um, and so, you know, that is great. That, that he's a he's a willing body that has had experience in this position before um, and is a notable name. So that's kind of like a bonus that he's even available um, for a truly depleted cornerback room, which, by the way, you know, I know we worried about the cornerback depth at the beginning of the year. It's one of those things we said, eh. I have to say, like to Scott's point with regards to the defense playing well, I mean, I think this is good evidence that being kind of new who he was putting out there because they did, as you said, like really well against a team that had the weapon, the right kind of weapons to exploit it. So, you know, I didn't, I wouldn't go say he had like an instant all pro set out there, but you know, the rookies have handled themselves and the backups did pretty admirable yeah, overall. Ingram only gave up. I think he gave up one catch. Unfortunately it was a 32 yarder to Waddle, but right. it was one catch on three or four targets. 
So, I mean, you know, just because we don't know all the names, I guess that's good evidence that maybe, you know, we we just just that we don't know what the depth is until you see it. But they they certainly have been admirable as they've been put out there. Um, the league. Good news. Bills weren't the only team to have a weird ass upset. <laughs> the the Colts beat the Chiefs. So I don't know. Scott said we we're going to play some good team called the Chiefs in a few weeks. I mean, the Colts beat them. So whatever. Um, Jacksonville beats the Chargers. 38 to 10 in Los Angeles. Um, you know, the I watched some of that Brown Steelers game. Yeah, that was all that was awful. Like <laughs> that, that was just like a really poor experience for for humans um, to watch. I mean, the only two teams undefeated are the Dolphins and the and the Eagles. Uh, that's it. You know, the Ravens, the Ravens played a good game this week. I think we're going to talk a bit more about them. Um, the Titans got in the win column. Yeah. I was glad um, to see the Titans win just because it's like, all right, so it's not like we trounced and and also ran. Yes, I have a friend who's a Titans fan too, and I was happy for her because she was yeah. she was very frustrated. Um, the Cowboys win a game without Dak Prescott. I remember that. The Giants get two wins, um, and that's kind of it. I mean, the Vikings have two wins too. We'll be seeing them and some other teams uh, as well. Um, but any any thoughts on all of that, Paul? Between yeah, it was, the it was kinda... games or. Yeah, it was kind of I, the upsets are always good to highlight because it shows that what happened to the Bills this week was not it, this stuff happens. I don't think KC losing to Indy is, you know, that, that's KC. Really, they've been exposed. They remember KC got blown out by Buffalo, then got I say blown out. They got beaten pretty handily by Buffalo, then got freaking blown out in Tennessee uh, a couple of weeks later. Didn't start off very well. They were under 500, I think, at one point, like three and four. They were fine. I think Indy was more desperate because they hadn't won a game. They played like crap the first two weeks. and like, we're not this bad yeah. team. We'll wake up. Uh, I think the Chargers probably underestimated Jacksonville now that uh, they have an actual head coach uh, who can, you know, help the quarterback out rather than Urban Meyer, for example. And so that helps. Uh, it was also kind of funny to me that the uh, allegedly uh, bottom of the barrel AFC South and the allegedly uh, top of the heap AFC West went head to head three times this week and the AFC South is like, yeah, we got all these games. We're just going to win all of these. How's yeah, it was, it was an interesting week. Also the commanders are, are not going to start six and one as the Washington post predicted. So that's too bad. (laughs) Too bad for them. Scott, any thoughts on opening week or the injuries or anything? Uh, Yeah. I mean, the injuries are obviously just, you know, concerning. I think obviously having, having roads in, um, I mean, I'm kind of interested, like, can Benford not play with a club? They, yeah, they I wondered that too. Players haven't played with clubs much in the last decade, I'd say. And I wonder what the change in that is. I, when I was younger, I also I thought of the club. Clubs. Yeah. Yeah. I also, it might like, be, maybe he just needs like a week or two for it to set and then it will be like, he'll have the club. Yeah. Cause I feel like, like you can't accuse him of holding at that point. Cause he's only got, he only got one hand, you know, you just only got one. <laughs> I can't hold, can't hold. Um, think so i think that would be um you know i guess especially with bringing roads in i'm I'm a little less concerned about the secondary partly because of just the matchup with the ravens coming up um as as more of kind of a run first team with right with some good good weapons but but nonetheless um you know i think if you were gonna let let the ravens pass to beat you you'd, you'd be willing to try and let them um that's why i think between roads and the ravens matchup um, and Elam still being kind of healthy, um, that makes me feel better. Obviously, I think hopefully it'd be great to get at least obviously like Hoyer back. 
because um, that would give the, the safeties, you know, with Hamlin and, and Johnson. I, I think they're they're fine guys. I think Johnson, I think Johnson could be a starter in the league. But let's be a realistic. Like we didn't, these aren't these aren't top tier first and second round athletes that we had back there that were waiting their turn. They were depth guys who were who were drafted to be backups basically and special teams. And I I, I think that 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 maybe one day they might approach being a starting NFL. Not an all-pro or a pro bowler like Hyde and Toyota. So it's a clear step down to Johnson and 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 and, and Hamlin right now. Not saying it's going to be that way forever, but at least right now it is. So getting Poyer back would obviously be huge. But that said, I think I am more worried about the offensive line just because of the, the knock-on effects that it has to the whole offense and obviously Allen's because yeah. if Allen's hurt, then then you know the game's over. I don't say the game. Game's not over, but Case Keenan comes in and this offense looks radically different. Um, and oh, then if, they're, if they're missing Dawkins and Bates and Morse this week, the, the worst case scenario, I mean, I would I would not pick the pills to win this game. Maybe you just put Case Keenum in yeah. <laughs> and just say, Case, Case, you're taking one from the team. Yeah, you are, bud. Yeah. Yep. Call up Matt Barkley from the practice squad. Right. Yeah, it, it's just uh, it's, so, yeah, the offensive line is, is concerning. I know we had depth um, there that we acquired in the offseason. But again, it's a lot of new depth. Questenberry, you know, Saffold's in there. Again, not a lot of time and familiarity with these guys. Um, you know, they didn't have a lot of time, frankly, in training camp because a lot of them were injured and danged and Brown wasn't in for most of the time. So, yeah, I think the offensive line is really concerning. And I think, again, like I said, the injuries are very real. Like, you can't wish them away. Um, they're 100% a part of why the Bills lost to Miami. And I, obviously, I was very clear that there were other reasons, too. But the injuries do put a ceiling on the talent level on the team that's available mm-hmm. on the and when you don't have that talent, then those mistakes become magnified. It becomes easier for other teams to get you. There. I think, yeah, if everyone's healthy, this is one of the best. This is probably the best roster in the league. But we are. But we got to get some of the guys back. I think everybody agrees there. Let me quickly note, as Paul was nice enough to put in the agenda, that Joey Bosa is going to the IR for the Chargers. He has a groin injury. Uh, and I know that the Dolphins are not in Florida this week because they're playing tomorrow night in Cincinnati. Um, so that yeah, I, you know, I meant to put Casey in Tampa Bay here. I think I put a B. In yeah, I know. I know who you meant. Yeah, okay. Casey and Casey and at Tampa is the Sunday night game, which I guess the backup plan is to move it to Minnesota. But the league is not ready to do that. And I'm not sure what storm the league is watching, but. Florida looks like it's going to be a mess for a while. Yeah. So, someone whose sister is in Claremont, Florida, uh, which is scheduled to be right in the eye at about 8 p.m. tonight. Uh, maybe maybe start thinking about yeah. what you're going to be doing, guys. Well, thoughts and prayers to your sister, first of all, and everybody else in Florida, um, because that looks like a mess. We'll have to keep an eye on that um, and how that uh, affects things as well. Uh, we have a listener question from Lars. It's more of a comment. Lars says, "Is are we all cool going into the bye week three and two because possibly maybe even getting whacked hard by Baltimore and Kansas City along the way, which would make us two and three uh, performance in September and early October rarely predicts performance in January and February. But can our brains effectively relay this message to our hearts? Uh, <laughs> Lars, the poetry aside, you're right. It doesn't predict performance, but it affects your ability to get to January and February and where you play those games early in the year. Um, so I guess, yes, it's better to have all this nonsense happening early, but I don't know if you lose to Baltimore and Kansas city, you know, sure. You could finish 14 and three. 
but you might end up being the third seed again and not getting a week off and having to go to Kansas City for the third year in a row. And so, you know, I'm not thrilled with it. Uh, we'll have to see. Now, the good news is, you know, Kansas City's already lost a game. They have a tough game coming up against Tampa or presumably like kind of toughish. We'll see how they perform um, there. Uh, but, you know, and plenty of season is left. Um, but I don't know, man. Uh, I appreciate your I appreciate your optimism and you're right. But I guess the answer is no. My head cannot inform my heart properly to to therein. Yeah, I, um, I think I agree with Lars's larger point there. Not to interrupt there, Frank. Sorry. No, you're fine. Yeah, I, th- I agree with the larger point. I did look. It's actually three more games before the bye. So I think the question would be, can we? Are they okay going three and three before the bye? I would be fine with that, but I really think they'd be well suited to get to four. And you got to beat the Steelers at home. The Steelers are. Mm-hmm. They're not, but they're always going to have that good defense. They've had a good defense all year, but they're a very, very beatable team, as we've seen yeah. in all of their games this year. Though they did win. Uh, the one against Cincinnati. Uh, and they really should try and split at least one of the Ravens and Chiefs games. Those are tall orders for sure. Uh, but they're winnable games. And I say this because the second half is, I mean, as far as I, the, the Jets aren't going to beat the Bills twice, uh, but they could beat the Bills once for sure. And I don't see the Bears beating the Bills. Every other game, though, I mean, you don't know how the Patriots are going to evolve with this year. The Bengals are probably going to get on the right track. I know we look at that Lions game and think, well, the Lions have been trashed for years. It's a short week, and the Lions have played competent football this year. So that's not a gimme. Um, you know, and you've got the Browns. Browns and Vikings kind of wild cards. Vikings have started well. So, yeah, I'm okay with 3-3, three and three, but I would be much more okay with 4-2. and two. And if they're 5-1, and one, I have no worries. <laughs> None Paul, at all. They can Paul, win the okay, next with five and one. Yes. All right. Well, let's see if we can go five and one on this day in Bill's headlines, because I'd like to jump into that so we can get yep. to this Ravens preview. All right. Sounds good. We'll uh, plow on through this day in Bill's headlines. The date is September 28th. We're going to start with September 28th of 2021. Gentlemen, veteran receiver blank proving to be an upgrade for Bill's offense. They told me in the offseason they were going to go after Brandon him. At- Marshall. Not Brandon Marshall. He oh. always played for the Bills. But you're, oh. you know, you're thinking of the right guy, but you oh, said God. the wrong name. Um, what was his uh, name, Scott? Wait, what year is this? 2021? Yes, yes, last year, the receiver from Denver and everywhere else. He's not Brandon Marshall. He's the other guy. He's retired in the last few weeks. We went and got him to replace Smoke. Why can't I think of his name? Played great for the first half of the year and then vanished a bit as the year went on. Oh, um, is it Brandon anything? Because I can't, I can't get past the word Brandon. No, definitely get Brandon out of the, just remove it's Brandon from the last year's last year's Crowder. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh uh, boy, this is oh. I know man, he's going to be like he, like he's going to get Hall of Fame votes. He probably won't get in, but he's good receiver. Uh, I'll call him the Colonel. That will be my hint. Kentucky Joe. <laughs> Emmanuel. Oh boy! Oh my, Emmanuel Sanders. Emmanuel Sanders. Yes. What? Say it. What? What? I don't know what's going on. All right. All Thank right. You. I said it three times. Oh, we couldn't hear you at all. We Sorry. couldn't hear you. That was our fault. Um, also, your microphone's fault, but also our fault. All right. Uh, 2020. He's the best dude. Blank's unique day inspires teammates. For a guy like Blank, who hasn't played a whole lot, QB Josh Allen said, we haven't asked a bunch of our tight ends. For, so for him to kind of step in and catch two touchdown catches for us, 
this team is just made up of selfless guys that are trying to do their job when their number is called. This two years ago. Two years ago, 2020. Reggie Gilliam? No, nope, no. Nope. He didn't have a two touchdown day. He did not, but he was a tight end for the Bills in 2020. So. And it's probably not Dawson Knox. Nope, oh, is uh, this is before Jacob Hollister? Mm-hmm. I'm getting, I'm getting all of them. I'm getting everyone except the yep. one. <laughs> you are. You got a big. It was, was Derek the Fine. There, I'm gonna stop. Like <laughs> Always guess Derek Fine. Close. One of these days, Frank. He had the big. Uh, and Scott's probably said his name five times, and we haven't heard him. But um. Yeah, he had the big game against the Rams and the comeback win, caught the game-winning touchdown, and then he had, the, the, which is what Josh is talking about here. And then he previously had the game-winning catch in the game we all went to in Pittsburgh in 2019. Oh, 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 wait. Um, is it like, um, oh, not more, right? Tyler yeah. Croft. Tyler Croft. There we there go. There we go. All right. That, it just came to me. I don't know. All of a sudden, his name appeared. <laughs> We're going to get this one. All right. 2018. Blank returns to Lambeau Field as leader of Bill's defense. Uh Oh, the linebacker. Um, not a linebacker. I was thinking of Nick Barnett, which is not him. Micah Hyde. Micah Hyde. Micah there we Hyde. Go. Nick Barnett yeah. was a Packers linebacker who came to the Bills. Uh, so but like not, 10 years ago, yeah, right. But yeah, it was like 2013. I had the year all wrong, yeah. All right, 2017, Bills fullback blank on Super Bowl loss with Falcons. There will always be that burn inside. Patrick DeMarco. Patrick DeMarco, okay. You guys are warmed up now. All right, 2015, blank leading by example. Blank is an obvious choice to run the players-only defensive meetings concerning his role within the defense. He receives the calls on the field and must dictate them to the entire group. He's not only a signal caller, he's a playmaker, too, as evidenced by his knack for big plays the last two weeks. He's a Buffalo Bills third-round selection in the 2014 draft. Uh, he spent four seasons in Buffalo, played all 64 games, and started 62 of them, all but the first two of his rookie year. Uh, and he started the playoff game against the Jags, and he had two tackles for a loss in that game. Preston Brown? Yes, Scott. Hey. Preston Brown. There, there we go. go. <coughs> all right. 2013, Blank gives Ravens good read on read option. In the months after the read option. Ed Reed? No, no. Oh, I was hoping it was like a triple read joke. Okay. It would be great. Oh, yeah. Ah, oh, man. I wish I could work Ed Reed into this somehow. All right. In the months after the read option took the NFL by storm, defensive coaches became hellbent on eradicating it. The Baltimore Ravens made it part of their studies as well. The Ravens will get their first chance to show what they have learned on Sunday when they play the Buffalo Bills and mobile rookie quarterback EJ Manuel. Every uh, three days during training camp, the Ravens devote a practice period to working on read option plays not just to keep defensive players sharp, but also to benefit backup quarterback Blank, who could be called upon to run the read option in a game. This week, Blank impersonated Manuel while running the scout team in practice. Robert Griffin III? No, no he, he, he was a Ravens backup was, QB, yeah. but that was more recent. Yeah. What's that, Scott? I think he might have said it. Maybe he did. Tyrod. Tyrod Taylor is the, uh... the Ravens backup impersonating E.J. Manuel in practice and taking E.J. Manuel's job a mere two seasons later. Fabulous. All right. 2011. 
blank answers his critics. It definitely feels good to be able to silence the critics somewhat, said blank, who made just six catches for 27 yards in his previous two games. The first two games, I only had one touchdown. I didn't have too many targets, so I was starting to get a lot of critics out there. To be able to go out yesterday in a big game and come up uh, big for the team was was big for me. He said big a lot there. What year was this? 2011. So this okay. is you need to go through that mental Rolodex of that scrappy Bills group of pass catchers from 2011. 2011. I'm taking little. You're Stevie? Not Stevie Scott, but he was one of the scrappy Bills pass catchers of 2011 for sure. Mm-hmm. It's amazing, you guys. No, I I didn't look up his stats because I think Roscoe Parrish. Uh, Donald Jones. Donald Jones. There we yes. go. I knew you'd get there. I, I started. To- I I go. Oh wait, this is the era of the most of the basic names. Yes, you were getting, That's why I was. It was like, hey, he's gonna guess David Nelson and then T.J. Graham and then Donald Jones. But you got to Jones right before those other two guys. <laughs> All right. 2009 reception streak of Bills blank halted at 185 games. Jerry Rice. Um, this is in a bad way for the Bills, unfortunately. Oh, I remember when he they ended his streak. At he did end Jerry Rice's streak. Uh, they're also on the wrong end of Larry Center's, the end of his streak. And they are the wrong end of this player's streak, too. Says we tried to mix up our coverages and give the Bills different looks, said Saints cornerback and former Bill Jabari Greer who covered blank much of the afternoon, broke up a third-quarter pass intended for blank. It was intercepted by defensive end Will Smith. Mm. It was a total team effort. Coach Greg Williams put a great game plan together for us, plus a position to make plays up front and on the back end. So someone had caught... Now think about the number of games that is, 185 games. This player had caught a pass every game for 11 and a half seasons. That's why I... What year? Not 2009. Somebody who'd been catching passes in the NFL since around 1998-ish or so. So it's got to be Eric Moulds. Yep, Moulds was retired, just retired by now. Maybe not think of someone who is, think of someone who maybe not be looked at as a career bill. Yeah. It's not Peerless Price. It's uh, T.O. T.O. Oh, yep. Terrell Owens. Uh, This was the beginning of the end of Fitzpatrick. Also, it was kind of funny to me that Greer covered him all day because two years before at the famous Joe Serenka Monday Night Dallas party, Jabari oh is the one who broke up the pass to T.O. on the two-point conversion that sealed the Bills' win that was immediately unsealed when the Bills failed to recover the onside kick on the next play. <sighs> anyway, all right, 2007. Blank is right at home for this road game. Blank hasn't always been a friend to quarterbacks. Blank, the Jets' first-year QB coach, Played free safety at the University of Rochester and pulled off a memorable trifecta his final season. I guess it was my defining moment in college. Three picks in one game against Case Western my junior year. Blank said today, the most important thing is we won that game because we didn't win a lot in college. No, they didn't. I don't know anything. Even though I went there, I know none of the players. I know that they they didn't win a game for like two years. I remember that. (laughs) It does say after he suffered a neck injury, this guy uh, was done playing football. He began to help out the Rochester coaches and then found himself right at the place at the right place in the right time in Virginia, again, an unpaid coaching position at William and Mary. Uh, mm. The article, this is on NewYorkJets.com, then goes on to 
uh, state how this player was born in Welland, Ontario, and grew up just outside Buffalo, New York. Hmm. And this is when you ask yourself, why is Paul asking us about a Jets coach on this day in Bills headlines? Because must have a Bills tie. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Rex Ryan. Nope, nope. Yeah. He does. He's a Bills Jets connection. Think. Uh, okay, so so let's let's review the facts here. Uh, <laughs> Buffalo, Buffalo area native who is an offensive coach in the NFL. Uh, who I'm bringing up on this day in Bills headlines. This is so bad. He may or may not be a current <laughs> National Football League head coach. What's that, Scott? Brian Dable. There we go. Oh. <laughs> All right. We're on, the good news is we're I, almost I'm to eight years old when I learned Brian Dable went to the university. <laughs> I mean, he was the he was the offensive coach for I, I have no recollection of the fact that he went to the same school as me. <laughs> oh, well, we've learned something new. Uh, well, we, and we've put Frank to shame. So win. All right. Thankfully, only two more to go. It's easy to put me to shame. Yes. <laughs> All right. 2006. Blank pumped up to play Bills. I had a problem, and this is a rerun. I used this one last year, too, on September 28th. I had a problem with the old coaching staff, but they're all gone, Blank said. They didn't know what was going on there. Uh, Greg Williams, Wade Phillips, and Levy were the coaches. Blank said he liked, but he called Malarkey a joke and was not a fan of Tom Donahoe's direction. Well, I like this player better already. Um... <laughs> Says the Bills were trying to re-sign Blank in 2004. We decided to play the yard and enter free agency. And I will state for the hint that this headline was before a Bills-Vikings game. He made three straight Pro Bowls for the Vikings from 06 to 08 after spending eight years with the Bills. Kevin Williams? No, Pat. You've got the right last name. Pat, Pat Williams. Pat Williams, yes. So I heard I heard Scott say it, so I get the yes, credit. Scott said, yeah, because <laughs> Kevin and Pat Williams, I believe, were both defensive tackles for the Vikings at the same time. They had the interior Williams line, and they both went to the Pro Bowl. All right, last one. Uh, not optimistic, but hey, you guys have surprised me before. Uh, <laughs> the year 2000, blank, primed to start again. When the 2-1 Bills host the high-powered 2-1 Indianapolis Colts Sunday, quarterback Rob Johnson will be missing one of his favorite receivers in Jay Reamers, my sure-handed 6-5 target who created great mismatches in the opponent's secondary. The game turns into a shootout between Manning and Rob Johnson, to just hold your laughter. Um, the second and third ranked passers in the NFL, Buffalo's hoping the drop off between Reimersma and his backup blank is closer to stepping off a curb than a cliff. He's a great, great athlete, but he's young. Johnson said of the 6'4", 250 pound blank. Jay's a starter and one of the best tight ends in the league. Blank's been working hard, though. So I'll give as many hints as I can. Fourth round pick by the Bills in 1999 out of North Alabama. He caught 15 passes for 196 yards and two TDs in two seasons with Buffalo uh, mm. before playing one more NFL season with Green Bay. At one time, he caught for three yards. So not Reimers because he, that's, he, he was much better than that. So not Derek Fine. Not Derek Fine. A little before Fine. What's that, Scott? Like Jay Northern or something? We, have a, we had a Gabe Northern, I think, once, but he was a Gabe. He was he was a was he a linebacker, I think, Gabe Northern? I feel like he wasn't a tight end. Yeah. Uh, trying to think that Sheldon Jackson was another backup tight end around this time. Uh, let's see. The Bills had a flame out QB 
around the same time who had the same last name? Michael Van Pelt. <laughs> no, but you're definitely in the... A Adam team. Collins. Okay, yes, you've got the last name now. Okay. Um, um, first names, think of uh, children on Fox animated shows. Bart Collins, Lisa Collins, Maggie Collins. All right, we've gone through The Simpsons, so we, don't, we know it's not The Simpsons. Okay. Uh, Stewie Collins. All right, that's um, just off Family Guy. Chris, Chris Collins. Chris Co- I don't know. If, oh, Chris would work, too, because he was in Family Guy. Chris yes. Collinsworth. It's not Megatron Collins or, Ma- or Chris Collinsworth. Um, think of a show. All right, this is going to give it away, but it was a show where an actress who... Uh, died tragically of a mysterious uh, illness or something about 10 years ago. She was a voice character on this show. Yeah, that gave it right away, Paul. (laughs) (laughs) Brittany Murphy was was one of the voices on this show. I don't know. No, I don't remember. Oh, oh, okay. King of the Hill. So, Bobby. Bobby Collins. Fight on Bobby Collins. It only took a little arm pulling, but we got there. Bobby Collins closing out this day in Bill's headlines for September 28th. Very good. No, I, I kind of just want to go watch Brittany Murphy movies. Um, not a bad. I watched Sin City uh, three weeks ago. It did not age as well as I'd hoped. No, Sin City. I didn't like Sin. And I'm a comic guy. I was like, that's this is just like some shit should not be made into a movie. Um, we did but, get one last listener question here three minutes ago. I don't know if we want to get into that. Nope. Too late. You missed the deadline. All right. Well, Stephen, I just want to say that um, the Bills need to learn how to run better before they run more. Yes. I am not a fan of the the problem was they didn't run enough. The problem was that it was a 6,000 degrees and, <laughs> and and they were injured and they didn't execute. Anyway. Uh, I'm agreeing with Steven. is because, yeah, I just want to say I agree with Steven's sentiment that he okay. posted. All right. You can always go to MNY Bills and look at that. And Steven has many good comments every week. The Bills are, okay, you have four points. I saw three-point favorites. It might have changed. I went with, uh, I forgot what side I went to. DraftKings, I think. DraftKings, I think, had it yeah. minus four. It's in Baltimore, so it's like the the Ravens are, um, you know, they, they, I, they would say that, you know, the Bills are the better team still. I I, I don't know. I, you know, I'll start. I, I think I'm going to pick the Ravens this week unless, here's what we're going to do. You get to pick the Bills versus Ravens as currently constituted or and then you can also, if you want, pick Bills Ravens and you can take three people off the IR and put them back. (laughs) okay? and so because I we're obviously going to play with some of these people here. okay? I think I think the Bills are you know, I think that's about how many people it would take for me. Like if I could get if I could get Jordan Poyer and Mitch Morse and. Um, you know, Dawkins, yeah. if they all play, I think I could see myself picking to the Bills because I don't think the wide receivers in Baltimore are very good. I think Lamar Jackson is amazing. I think he's a great quarterback, but I think he's just one guy on a lot. I think their running game is good. But as you know, I am happy to let running teams run because I think ultimately more often than not, passing teams will beat running teams. Um, which isn't to say that Lamar Jackson can't pass. Lamar Jackson is an excellent passer. And frankly, yep. the thing that he, he could him, just use more people to pass to. He could. And the thing that holds him back is the Ravens. The Ravens use him like a running back. They don't. He has. I've, I've looked this up because I thought about it this summer a lot. He has 700 fewer pass attempts than Josh Allen and 200 more rushing attempts in the same number of games. And that is not about him. 
uh, that is about the choices that the Ravens make. And I think if in a different system, uh, he would he would thrive. I think he'd be better. Um, so or he, he would be seen to be the better player that he is. In any event, I, I would be willing to take the, the Bills uh, in that regard um, in a finally winning a close game kind of situation. Um, so I would say, you know, like that would might be 28 to 24. Uh, I think they could do that. But if if they don't get uh, some of these guys back, I think it could be the Ravens and I think it could be ugly. And I, I think that the Bills, um, you know, might end up taking one on the chin this week uh, and, and we'll have to kind of regroup the following week against Pittsburgh and kind of go from there. Again, I'm not going to read too much into the into into a result with, with such, you know, damaged roster. But, you know, I think that they're they're on the cusp here against a, what is a good team. The Ravens will play well. And Lamar Jackson is a valid good MVP candidate level quarterback. So he does good things. Scott, what do you think? Uh, I, I'm, I will also, yeah, I mean, pending, pending us getting kind of, yeah, like at least one guy. You can, you can pick your three. Yeah. Like I think it's, I think, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's not going to be anything radically different from what you said. I, mean, I think Foyer um, getting back healthy would be, would be big. Um, you know, obviously, if I could snap my fingers and Trey White's healthy again, or if I could hide healthy again, like I would, but obviously we can't. They're not even in the equation in terms of the training fields. So Poyer's the most likely one. And is a good player, and he would help the defense. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, I think the offensive line, you know, we can't we can't have two second-string tackles out there and a second-string center. It's just not – we just we don't have the depth. Nobody has that depth. Um, you know, and the Ravens don't have, like, a great, like, world-beating defense or anything, but – you put that many bad guys out there, you're gonna you're gonna create problems for your offense, no matter who's at quarterback, um, or it ends up with Allen having to take more hits and, and take more risks out. Um, so yeah, I'll say yeah. If we got if we got you know one of the two tackles and more back or two of the tackles back, I could see the Bills winning in a in a kind of um, you know 28-24 or 31-28 kind of score. Um, but if we don't. Then I could. I don't think we're going to get blown out just because I think Allen can do enough um, kind of magic to kind of keep us from getting blown out. I don't think. I'm trying to remember us getting blown out. When was the last time the Bills got blown out? Yeah. Um, uh, the, I think the Colts last year was the last time. Yeah, the Colts did a number on the Jonathan Taylor game. Yeah. 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 yeah that. Yeah. Which. Which Again, is the only time they've been blown out in the last two years. So Right. Before that, it would have been like that Titans game that was on a Tuesday or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. It's not it's not too often that it happens. I don't I don't think this would be the one. I mean, I'm sure the Ravens could run away from us a bit, but I think I don't think the Bills are that damaged. And I think even if we don't get all the key guys back or at least three key guys back, even one or two <laughs> will get a little easier for us. So but yeah, I, I mean, this is the thing. Injuries matter. Injuries are raising that you lose games. I could see them losing this game. Yep. I will, uh, I'll slightly switch it up from you guys. Instead of going Poyer, Dawkins, Morris, I think the, I want an extra defensive guy back. I'm going to take Poyer and I'm going to take Ed Oliver back. I really want to focus on, you know, trying to get some pressure, as much pressure on Lamar as possible, trying to have someone in there who I know can shut down a run game as well. You get Poyer back there as a safety valve. I'm good. And then I'll take Dawkins back on the offense and take my chances with Van Roten. Uh, as a center again, assuming he's healthy. I didn't see him on the list, so he did go out. Yeah, I didn't see him on the list. In there. Um, yeah. So they can yeah. work on that snap. Yes. Yeah. Or just 
But I, I kind of trust Dorsey to be like, all right, well, this is who I'm working with on offense. We're going to go and shotgun and we're not going to have because, you know, Knox is limited and we don't want to assume he's going to play, even though he made it through the mm-hmm. hey, well, Tommy Doyle made it through the Miami game and he had an ACL injury. Right. So I don't want to assume Knox is going to play just because of his back and hip. But I think Dorsey can figure out, OK, this is what we're going to do. I'll spread these guys out. I'll do this. We'll go four wide and run running back most of the game. Uh, I think he can do that. I think uh, on the defense, you need you need the bodies. I don't want to be looking at that. Uh, Ingram, Elam, Hamlin, Jaquan Johnson secondary uh, in this game. And I, I don't want to have a Phillips list, Oliver list, three technique defensive tackle situation like they did this week. So I think Buffalo wins in that scenario. Otherwise, yeah, I just too much to overcome injury wise. And if they don't get, you know, three, three, at least three of these key guys to play, uh, I, I think they'll keep it close. Yeah, I don't think they're going to blown out. So I agree with Scott there, but I, I, I would I would picture Baltimore winning that one by by a score like 23 to 20. Otherwise I say Buffalo. Yeah. Three twenty. This is the first time we've done this in MNY history. And I've yeah. given you the option to I'm just, just how extensive the injury report is. It's just, it's mind bogglingly big. So, you know, we will keep an eye on that as I'm sure all of you will. We didn't even talk about the fact that it could be raining Sunday afternoon in Baltimore, given the, yeah. the remnants of the storm. Um, but we'll have to see. Uh, for the record, even though Paul and I live near here, there seems to be no intention to go to Baltimore, one of the trashiest cities to see a sporting event in. <laughs> I do. I don't like hate going I to like, an Orioles I like, game. I like Orioles games. I was going to say, it's not awful to go to an Orioles game. I've been to one Ravens game. I'll never go again. That was just a uh, a sewer in a toilet with alcohol. And uh, and that was just the people. So, you know, hey, what can I say? <laughs> um Until next time, when I insult the people of some other city, thank you so much for listening. My name is Frank. Stop. I'm Paul. Good night, everybody.